0: that's the work. Like when you have a version of yourself that you want to live into, it's up to you every day to collect evidence that that's who you're becoming. Because the more evidence we collect, the stronger our beliefs come around it. And that's why so many women are being held back because they have a lot of evidence against themselves. And they're focused on that all of the time. You got to go out there and fight for yourself. Look for the evidence to prove what you want to believe about yourself to be true. And I promise you, it is everywhere. Welcome back
1: to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy, and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement, made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. 99% of women wake up in the morning and let the world decide their worth. More often than not, we struggle with our worth and we end up letting others dictate how we should feel about ourselves. And when we let the world define our worth, we end up second-guessing ourselves and even going so far as to sabotaging ourselves. Man, I know I've been there. And ultimately, we just don't get what we deserve. Whether it's related to our health, our career, even our family, many of us find ourselves settling for less than what we deserve. So today, I invited Tanya Lee, the founder of the School of Self-Image, to come on and ask each of us, two very important questions. The first, what are you ready to stop settling for? And two, what do you want to start showing up for? Now, Tanya Lee is a certified Master Life Coach who is on a mission to help over 5,000 women create their after stories by transforming their self-image. Her unique and simple five-step framework is transformative and it helps women see themselves and therefore see what is possible in their lives. As the founder of the School of Self-Image, Tanya has worked with Oprah and the IKEA Life Improvement Project and has spoken to global audiences around the world, topics ranging from being strong feminine women or embracing entrepreneurship as a fun and spiritual journey. So let's welcome Tanya to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Tanya Lee, how are you doing today, girl? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Mm, I am so happy to have this conversation today about self-image and how we can transform it because I know, well, you and I both know that so often we are brought up with these beliefs that we just cannot seem to let go of. And I find this to be such the case for us women. It's just holding on to whatever was told to us at such an early age or whatever society put on us. And so I want to dig deep into this, but before we do that, I would love for you, Tanya, honey, to tell me like what was that defining moment for you where you were like this, mm, like you just knew that this was going to be your life's work.
0: Yeah. Well, I've had a couple of defining moments and the first one is we're going to go way back. What? I was a critical care nurse. I was a single mom. And actually at the time, I was a single mom a couple years after this story I'm about to tell you, but I was working in the hospital and I was overweight and just felt really stuck in life. I was so unfulfilled. And there was a doctor who was traveling who happened to be in the ICU that night. And he turned to me in front of a group of people and he said, Tanya, who do you want to be? And I had never heard the question the way he asked it. And I didn't know how to answer it. And I said well, I want to be a good mom, a good wife, a good nurse, because that's what society had told me that I should be. And that's the only kind of context that I had to answer his question. And he said to me, he's like, I'm not talking about the roles you play in life. Like, who do you want to be as a woman? Like your essence. And I was like, okay, this is a good question. I had no answer for him. But the next morning I was driving home and I could not get this question out of my mind. Who do I want to be? And the first word that came to mind, Marisa, I was like, this is laughable. My brain immediately started saying, that's not who you are. Who are you kidding? You'll never Mm. be that. And to give your audience a little bit of context, I grew up in the deep South in a trailer. I had never traveled outside of the country. I spoke like someone off of the show Duck Dynasty. Did you ever watch that show? <laughs> a little, I, I've caught commercials. <laughs> deep, deep Southern accent that no one could understand outside my 30 mile radius. And so when this word came to me, it made sense when I look back at my childhood and all of the things that I was mesmerized by and curious about. The word was worldly. I mm. wanted to be a worldly woman. And yet, It was so far outside of my current self-image that it felt impossible. And the truth is, it was impossible to the woman I was then. But I started to think about being a worldly woman. Like, who is she? Like, what does she think? What does she read? How does she dress? Who does she hang out with? Where does she go? Where does she shop? And I started to really build this sort of script of who this woman was. And I started playing around with being her. And these little tiny shifts that I made every single day eventually led me to looking in the mirror one day being like, oh my goodness, I have become a worldly woman. And that's when I realized how powerful self-image is, but I didn't have a term for it at the time. I just knew it was a process that I was doing subconsciously. But then fast forward years later, probably five years later, I was still struggling with my weight and I had bulimia. I had been over 200 pounds and I'd starved myself down to a size two. And I realized, wait, the same part of me that has been birthing this worldly woman, I can do this around my weight because I realized all I had been doing was focusing on having a weight problem. And so I would diet, I would try so hard, I would take all of the action and yet change felt so hard. And then I went to France for the first time. And as cliche as it may sound, that trip changed me because I started to watch French women and how they ate And I had a couple of French friends that I had met, and I started talking to them about how they thought about food. And I started doing the same work around being a worldly woman. I just started doing that around food. And then one day I was like, it is a miracle that I no longer struggle with food or my body. And it was by changing my identity to be that of just a naturally healthy woman. And I practiced living into that. And so from that point, women were asking me, like, you've changed so much. Like, tell us how you're doing it. And that's when I dove into the world of self-image psychology and learned so much about it so that I could teach these tools to others.
1: Mm, I love both of those stories so so much, and I think anyone listening right now—they're they're so relatable, of like imagining themselves worldly, or maybe it's culturally, or maybe it's you know traveling around, whatever that may be—that they can start maybe envision it, but don't have the steps to really get there. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, which I'm so excited about. Yes. So I know that you've you've kind of defined a little bit about what self-image is, but I would love for you to dive a little bit deeper into this, because I know you are the expert. You're the guru in this. So what is self-image, and why is it so important
0: for us, us women in particular? Yeah. Well, self-image is the mental picture that you have of yourself. And it's the thoughts that you have about yourself. It's your overall state of being. And the reason why it's so important is that you will always work subconsciously to live within your self-image, which is why, as I was saying, change is often hard. We'll take a lot of action, but we always seem to come back to a certain level. And the best way to describe this is going back to the work of Maxwell Maltz. He wrote a book back in the 50s or 60s called Psycho-Cybernetics. I don't know if you've read it or not. It's a fabulous book. And he was a plastic surgeon. And he saw this phenomenon of like he would change someone's face. They give him a brand new nose or obvious big changes. And some people, they would have immediate results. In their personality. It would open up opportunities. They would literally become a different person whereas some people even with the biggest changes nothing ever changed for them and he started to investigate why that is and he discovered it's this self-image. You can change the outside but if you don't change the inside you will sabotage yourself over and over again and he described it as we all have a cybernetic system. So, if you think about a cybernetic system, it's the thermostat in your house. And so you have it at a certain setting. And we have cybernetic systems for different parts of our lives our career, our relationships, our finances, our relationships, our well being. We have like a set point. And even though we want to create new results, if it's outside of that set point, we will always subconsciously work to bring ourselves back in harmony with what we've set our thermostat to be. And so working on your self-image is about elevating your set point to allow for the results that you want to create in your life. Mm. So it's it's kind of up-leveling
1: that set point. Yes. That's so fascinating, too, is that unless we up-level that set point inside of ourselves, it doesn't matter what we do on the outside
0: to transform.
1: Yeah. Or vice versa. On the outside, we don't have to transform anything. Yeah. You know, we can really However, do it from the
0: inside. Yes. Yeah, but I have found there is like this trilogy that we can work on three different areas that makes it so much easier to transform your self-image. Let's get into the trio. Let's, let's do it. The tri- trilogy. I'm ready, girl. <laughs> let's go. Well, I look back. And this is on based off of my personal experience. But then I started to interview people that have changed their self-image. And we all had this commonality in these three areas. So at the end of the day, your self-image consists of the thoughts that you have about yourself. Hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. we can work just on that alone. But have you ever noticed how it's hard to change your thinking when you're surrounded by, let's say, negative people? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You just get, it's like crabs in a barrel. You just get caught up in that energy. You get caught up
0: in that suffering. You just, it's just yucky. Yeah. Yeah. It's doable, but it's so much harder, right? And life is hard enough. Like, why do we need to make it harder? And so, one of the areas that looking back, I realized that I was constantly up leveling was my environment, the people that I hung out with, the things that I listened to, the places I went. And by putting myself in new environments with new people and new ideas, it was almost like by osmosis, I started to take on different thoughts and belief systems and different possibilities that I didn't even know was possible when I was hanging out in the trailer parks, right? It was just a whole different level. And so that is one area that I want everybody to think about, like, how can I begin to up level my environment? One of the examples that I give is when I was going through my whole body love journey, I remember looking over at my bookshelf and I was like, what does my bookshelf say about me? Mm -hmm. And it was filled with books that just confirmed this belief, the self-image that I had that I was broken. It was like how to fix your body, how to lose 10 pounds in 10 days. It was all like, Tanya, you're a mess. You're broken. You need to fix yourself. So my environment was constantly mirroring back to me the self-image that was keeping me stuck. And so I remember the day I just said to myself, I'm getting rid of all of these books. Any book that feels bad, that just keeps perpetuating a belief system that is not serving me, I'm getting rid of it. And then I started to think about, okay, what are the books that I imagine my future self is reading? And she was reading books about travel and design, and she had beautiful cookbooks, not how to lose weight in you know 10 days. And so I started to put those books on my shelf. And it seems so simple, Marisa, but it changed my life because I was looking at those books every day, and it started to give me new ways of seeing myself. And that is the power of your environment. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. And that affects your mindset. So mindset, environment. And then the other one is style. Style is so underrated, (laughs) especially in the personal development world, because every day we're getting dressed. Every day we're looking at our reflection in the mirror. What do your clothes say about you? Mine says I can easily breastfeed. Yes. <laughs> right. And there's different styles for different times of your life. Yeah. So I
1: look at all my beautiful dresses and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't pull my boob out of that dress. <laughs>
0: it's important. We need to be able to pull our boob out. I when can't wait till I don't have to con- that's not a thought anymore. <laughs> but think about what that says about you. Mm-hmm. It's confirming an image that you have your of yourself as a very nurturing, loving mother. Yes. That's yes. And I call it an intentional mom. I'm an intentional mother. Right. And that is the point. Are you being intentional with how you dress yourself? Are you dressing yourself to see yourself at the level that you want to be? You know, for me, I was in scrubs and then I was wearing clothes that were way bigger than I needed to wear because I thought I was flawed. And so I needed to hide my body. So even choosing certain clothes every morning was confirming you're broken. You need to hide yourself from the world. And so I was like, oh, wait, I need to do exactly what I did with my bookshelf in my closet. I need to look at the clothes that are confirming the self-image that's holding me back. And little by little, I begin to tweak my closet to match the woman I was becoming and the woman that I wanted to be. Mm, so powerful. I love it. I have a, a question around this because I know, you know, you've spoken
1: to beliefs, limiting beliefs and how we can be, That's that's the image is like a projection of that deeper limiting belief of how we see ourselves. Do you recommend, Tanya, I, I love... I'm I'm so big in inspired action. I love myself some inspired action. So I love the idea of just like, let's clear the shelf. Let's clear the closet. let's, let's, Let's reset, revamp. Let's clear the toxic people who are not serving us. That's definitely the direction I would love to go is like, how can I, by action, by even small tweaks and changes, start to move myself in the right direction so that I can start cleaning up some of these beliefs? Or do you recommend that we start to dig into some of the belief patterns as well? I was just curious to hear, like, is there a right or wrong way to do it? Would it just be taking inspired action towards the direction of who we want to become? I love this because I always hear that I got to go and clean up the beliefs.
0: Mm -hmm. Go do the work. I mean, I think it's yes and. Okay, I love the yes and and. I believe that when you, so one of the first, let me just back up. One of the first things that I have clients do is to get really honest with what they want. Yeah. Not what they think they should want, but what would delight you? Mm -hmm. What would you love to experience? What would you love to create and allow yourself to dream big? And then we pick one extraordinary goal for the year. And inevitably All your stuff's going to come up. All of your limiting beliefs are going to come up. So as you're doing this work, you're going to have to pay attention to what's going on in your brain because that old self-image is going to continue to emerge. It's going to say things like, who do you think you are? You're not good enough to do this. You've never been able to do this before. You're not worthy. You don't deserve this. Like You're going to have those thoughts come up. And I celebrate it when those thoughts come up because they're showing me parts of myself that I've got to let die. Right, And so as you're taking the inspired action, you're going to have that chatter in your brain, like, oh, you better not get rid of those diet books. You're going to need them, you know, because you've got a weight problem. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. I knew you were going to come to the party, but listen, this is who we're becoming. And so you're working on the limiting beliefs alongside this inspired action, Mm, Okay. That's powerful. So yeah, they're coming up to be reevaluated.
1: They're coming up for review no matter what. Most importantly, if you are working to become who you want to become, you said that, that really sexy, that thing on the table that you're like, this is the year for this, that it's going to, it's going to come up naturally. And you, and, and you get to, like you said, they come to the party, you get to dismiss
0: them out the door. Right. It's almost like you have to see yourself as the CEO of your mind and your life. Mm. And a lot of y'all have some employees right now you need to fire. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? These thoughts. Can you imagine an employee, if you're a boss and your employee comes in and says, you suck. I hate you. You're such a loser. Like you would be like, you're fired. Get out. No, and yet yeah. we let these little employees just sit around and collect a check and do nothing for us probably the most powerful employees we've got you know right? the ones we give them all the power <laughs> the ones that are fighting for our greatness the thoughts are like you know what you can do this you're amazing we're like ah oh, that part of me doesn't know what she's talking about mm. it's Mm-mm. so interesting it's like watching even my clients fight for their own limitation why mm. because it fits within their current self image I was going to say, or their
1: current comfort, like there's yeah. got to be some, what's the word I'm looking for? Like some false benefit is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like we're like, oh, if I hold on to this, then I don't have to, the idea of that up level, becoming a worldly woman, becoming a worldly self, like that's a bigger life. Yeah. Th- that's bigger things. And so I can imagine, you know, that limiting belief coming in and just saying, you know, Things are kind of, they're good over here. They're good enough over here. I bet that comes up a lot. Oh, a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's like, we get so comfortable with the familiarity. Mm -hmm. And everything that you want and don't yet have, however, is in the unknown. And you have to be willing to feel the discomfort of stepping into that. You have to in order to change. Is there anything that we can do? I mean, the, the embracing of, I
1: was talking to my husband because we, we just moved here a couple of years ago, and we just moved into this house not too long ago. And every time I, I bring up the idea of something new, a new move, a new, he just digs his feet in. He's just like, mm, there's resistance. But then yeah. every time we move and we're in the next place, he's just like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. You know, yeah. and so I you know, I know there's always gonna be resistance for people. Is there micro shifts or micro changes? Is there a recommendation to implement some of those to make it not so
0: sticky? Yeah, I would say don't resist the resistance. Mm. Because what happens is we start to resist something and then we resist ourselves resisting it. And so we're just adding layer upon layer of resistance versus being like, oh, I'm feeling a lot of resistance around this. I'm just going to feel it and I'm going to understand it. And if you go inside your mind, you'll see why. Things like maybe your husband's thinking, oh, this is going to be too hard. You know, I, I don't know what it's going to be like to live in that neighborhood. I don't know if we can make new friends. So you'll be able to see what the resistance is, but you can't see it if you're too busy fighting up against it. Mm. So you have to be willing to feel. I feel like this whole process of transforming your self-image really boils down to the willingness to feel your life to feel it and not fight it, not run from it, but to step into the discomfort and understand it and keep going. Mm. Just bring that discomfort alongside you because eventually it won't be discom- or uncomfortable anymore. And inevitably, then you're going to set a new goal and you'll have to go through this process all over again. So you might as well get really good at feeling discomfort. Yeah, that's what
1: I was going to say. I was wondering, uh, Tanya, honey, have you found, because I know that you are continuing to up-level. I mean, you are literally walking the walk. Has Has it transformed for you? At that next level, like how it feels, like there's a familiarity of what that feels like when you decide you're like, you know what, it's time to level up again. Like there's this new goal on the table. Um, Does it feel like more excitement and a different kind of energy for you
0: today than it did back when you were a nurse in scrubs? Yeah, I don't freak out as much. I'm not as dramatic about it. I still have the discomfort, but I think now I have so much evidence of like, oh, this is just what happens. And look back historically, you've always come out better. It gives me the courage to do it. But I feel for people when they're first starting this work, I know what that's like. To not know what's it going to be like on the other side. To not know, like the feelings can feel so big that you want to run from them. And so a lot of the work that we do within the School of Self-Image is learning how to process those emotions so that you can keep going. But I will tell you 2020 was a year... It was like one of those quantum shifts in my self-image, like mm. huge. And I remember the year being ecstatic and terrifying all at the same time. And it was a year that I made some really big decisions that required a whole new me in order to step into those decisions. And so that's the other thing that I've noticed is that the bigger the decisions, the bigger the reward, but also the bigger you that's going to be called forth. Yeah. Hmm. I love all of that. I
1: That's love all of fine. it. I love the discomfort. I love the, the unknown. I love because what, what do you got to lose? You know, so yeah. many instances, right? Like, okay, well, then you're back where you started at yeah. the very worst. You know, like I'm always excited for the transformation of, of what, what's possible. I think that's the funnest part of the journey. Yeah. You can feel that energy, you know, and, and like I said, you, you talk about that inquiry of like, well, where is this coming from? Like, did something happen earlier? Like I grew up in only one home, like the idea of moving or doing this next level, like there's, you know, just kind of figuring out like, what's the thing that's pulling that resistance, asking that question, digging into the feeling and the inquiry I believe is so powerful. And I think it's it's equally as powerful in the journey, like outside of you getting to where you're trying to get that learning of yourself, that knowing of yourself, I think is just so powerful too.
0: Yeah. And that's why I love this journey so much is you're constantly having to tap in and assess like, what do I want in this season of my life? Who do I want to be? What do I Mm. love? What are my values? And building your life and your self-image around those answers so that you can attract more of that into your life. Mm. It really is is a journey back to yourself. Like your truest self that's been layered with a lot of stories, a lot of shoulds. It's like peeling back all of those layers to get to like, who is the truest you? And she's in there. I promise you. She's in there. And she's extraordinary. You got to go get her. Yeah. Got to go find her. (laughs) You got to go find her somewhere. She's waiting for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Under a lot of frumpy clothes and like she's just down there somewhere. I agree. I would love to pivot just a little bit and talk about, I know we've kind of been dissecting this in some of my questions, but you know, what is, in your opinion, working with so many incredible women, you know, helping them move through this transformation, your clients, what has been and i get that everybody's different but what has been the most effective way to change your self image like what has what have you seen like the juice being worth the squeeze in terms of making
0: that shift well i touched upon it earlier because a lot of times it's like okay i know i need to change my self image but into what into who and it can feel very daunting and very overwhelming and that's why i love deciding on one thing that you're going to focus on creating this year Would you be
1: open to, just because from your clients, would you be open to sharing a couple of the one things
0: that they were like, this is it. This is the thing. Okay. So one of my clients, she decided last year that she wanted to move to London. That was her one year extraordinary goal. I've had other clients say, this is going to be the year that I get into the best shape of my life. I've had clients, you know, have money goals. Like this year, I'm going to have a net worth of a million dollars. So it's different for everyone, but it's like figuring out what do you really want and making sure you like your reason for wanting it. That's so important. Once you have that, that becomes your guide. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Then you have to ask yourself, who is that version of me? Because a lot of times we want to wait until we've created it to be it. And you always will sabotage yourself. You have to be it first. And so I have clients go through a very specialized exercise of getting clear on that version of themselves. And then it really comes down to the little tiniest daily decisions of aligning with her. I am a huge, I mean, of course, I love big, bold, inspired action, but for most of us, it's the little tiny things that we do every single day that add up over time. It's called the compound effect, right? In the moment, it it's, feels like nothing. It doesn't feel like a lot to, you know, eat a few less bites or to walk an extra five minutes or to reach out to one client or to record a podcast. Like in this moment, this doesn't feel like such a big deal. But you do this week after week And all of a sudden, you start out with no listeners, and then you've built a community of people that love your work, right? That is the power of the compound effect. And so it's doing the little daily things to uplevel your style, your mindset, and your environment to match that woman who has created what it is that you want. And that's how we create extraordinary things. Mm. Amen. Amen. I love
1: your trifecta. I just love it. And it is. It's it's the compounding, incremental, consistent tweaks that we're making every day. And what I love so much about this, Tanya, is that, you know, we're in a time where people are feeling a little bit more reserved. They're bringing things in. And a lot of that, we can work with what we've got. If we've yeah. got an amazing coach like yourself, we these are these minor things. We're not talking about the massive. I know everyone's always so afraid of like, okay. What's the big thing I've got to do? And Mm -hmm. like, that can feel so scary. But what if it's just, we just look at your morning routine? Or what if we just look at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Or what Mm -hmm. if we just look at what happens after dinner? You You know, these little things that, ooh, over time add up. Let's just look at, let's just do an inventory of our friends here you know, yeah. and, or inventory of our books. And I, I know that you've got an incredible way that you walk us all through when you sign up to connect with you of like, how do we, how do we look at everything in a different way? How do yeah. we make
0: inventory, you know? But I just want, I want to add to this because I think this is so important. I feel like one of the things that has been beneficial for me is having that extraordinary goal and then letting it go. Because I think if we don't, every day we're waking up and we're feeling the lack of it. Mm. So I love to focus on the woman I'm becoming to create that extraordinary goal. And that is something I get to feel the success of every single day. I don't have to wait until I've reached the goal to feel successful. It's like I have fallen in love with the practice of becoming. Right, And so every day I'm like, oh, how can I become more of this elevated version of myself? And I can see little pieces of evidence every single day. So I feel successful now. I don't have to wait until I've reached my goal to feel successful. And I feel like that's what holds so many women back. They're like, but I haven't lost the weight yet. But I'm like, look at who you became today. Look, you walked an extra mile. You took some time out for some self-care look at how that's changing, how you see yourself. And over time, that new you will create that result. So it's about, I love that. So
1: it's an embodiment and it's its feeling good in that mm-hmm. embodiment. Like yes. I feel good making these decisions today because I am operating from the embodiment of who I'm going to become. Yes. Yes. And so- Tanya, I and I love that. I love setting the big audacious, ooh, just kind of scary, hairy goal out there. And then just, just dropping into it. I'm like, well, what would what would this New York Times bestselling author do? Uh, you know, and so how does she operate in the day-to-day? Like,
0: what does she do? How doing? does she tell us how do, what does she do? I wanna, you are the second podcast interview I've had this week. Where you both are seeing yourself as New York Times best-selling authors, I love this. Yay! So tell- well, I've um I've been a national best-selling author. I've been a Wall Street
1: Journal best-selling author. Nice. Um, and I would have been a, a New York Times. They choose their books. I would have been number mm-hmm. three on the list twice, actually. And so what I'm embodying. Thank you. Um, it's it's you know getting best-selling author. In the mm-hmm. in the queue, she's not too far she's not far away, she's she's really digging in. To the the real the pain points and the why of what women are really looking for, she's mm-hmm. tapping into really getting clear about delivering solutions that women can begin to implement with ease and grace, and like really speaking in to that transformation for them. So that when it, as it becomes this book, that it's going to be the book that every woman wants to give to every best friend, every sister, every aunt, every mom. It's just going to be passed around. You know, everyone's going to be buying copies for each other. Some of these women, they're buying boxes. They're buying boxes they're having book clubs. You know what I'm saying? And so that's who I'm becoming of like every day when I'm creating content for the show, interviewing amazing women like yourself, I'm just tapping deeper into like what that, that book is going to look like, how I'm going to show up in that book, how I'm going to show up for these, for my women, for my community, and then deliver something that's just so profound, so transformational. Everyone has to have it. Everyone's got to have it. Yeah. I'm curious.
0: Yeah. Can we, can we talk yeah, about this? sure. Okay. So that's with the book, do you, because one of the questions I love to ask myself when yeah. I have a big goal is like, when I visualize that version of me, I always ask myself, what is she doing that you're not doing?
1: Mm. And
0: who is she being that you're not being? What is she saying no to that you're saying yes to? And what is she saying yes to that you're saying no to? I like to look at how is she different from the version of me today? So I'm curious, like outside of your book, are you different? when you are a New York Times bestselling author? Ooh, am I different?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I am different. I think the shows I'm the podcasts I'm saying yes to, the shows I'm saying yes to, the events I'm saying yes to or that we're supporting are are yeah. different or an up level. And a little bit of an up level. I've been so blessed that I I do have a lot of beautiful opportunities. But I yeah, I I have the idea of who I'm speaking to, who where's that conversation. Yeah, and absolutely the things that I'm saying no to, especially as a mama, like I just I am more discerning in general, but I'm becoming yeah. even more discerning. So that author, she's more discerning the events she says yes to are different. I'm super clear on a lot of those events, and and what I'm not willing to do at that point. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm getting getting more and more clear. It's an interesting time too, because there's a little bit of polarity in being such an intentional mom, and mm-hmm. then also envisioning myself. And I know you can have a yes. It's a yes and, but I'm discernment. There's a lot of discernment around saying no to events because the intentional mama in me. My time spent with my son is the most important, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a little bit of polarity in those those yes ands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am. I've gotten so much more clear about who does she, who is she, do, who is she showing up as? What events is she going to? Who is she talking with to really
0: expand her network? Yeah, so fun, and it's such a good question, right? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I'm always, and that's something I would encourage your audience to yeah. think about you know even it it applies to health and well-being like when you think of your because you work with hormones right yeah. so when you think about yourself in a hormonally balanced way how is she different than the you today and are mm-hmm. there pieces of her that you can bring into your life today so you can be in alignment with her it's such a fun question to ask
1: Oh, it is. and I and that is an embodiment as well. right now. you know, i'm forty three, I feel a hundred times better than I was at thirty., yeah. and I've reversed my symptoms of perimenopause. I had them so early. I was talking mm-hmm. to somebody. and and I'm you know, I got a toddler. I'm up three times a night, you know, give or take. And I but I feel like who I'm embodying is this evolution of extended reproductive longevity extended serious energy and metabolic longevity. And so, but I could never imagined at the age of 30 that I'd ever be able to embody who that is today. And so, and like, what does that look like as, as I move through perimen, I I want it to be so different. Like I want it, whatever we've painted, whatever we've said, I I plan on just completely, you know, turning it on its head and being, and being able to support women in that journey as I move through it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I Uh-oh. how I feel today, I would have told you there's no way,
0: at yeah. 30 years old. <laughs> like, oh no, she's gonna be crawling on the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And look at you now. And like, I feel like that when we talk about the power of self-image, I don't know if you've seen this, but because you see yourself as this now, now you're collecting so much evidence for it, and that's the work. Like when you have a version of yourself that you want to live into, it's up to you every day to collect evidence that that's who you're becoming. Because the more evidence we collect, the stronger our beliefs come around it. And that's why so many women are being held back because they have a lot of evidence against themselves and they're focused on that all of the time. You got to go out there and fight for yourself. Look for the evidence to prove what you want to believe about yourself to be true. And I promise you, it is everywhere, everywhere. So
1: powerful. You're so right. You know, it's we we are always. It's evidence one way or the other, either we're finding evidence in our favor to move to that become that person who we want to become, or it's evidence to just say that we need to stay where we're at.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. look for what you want to see. One of my favorite quotes is by Rumi. He says, "Whatever you seek is seeking you." And a lot of us subconsciously are seeking evidence against ourselves or seeking evidence as to why it will never happen for us, how it's going to be too hard, how we're never going to get there, how we're somehow broken. And that's the biggest lie a woman can ever tell herself. No one watching this is broken, but your self-image might need a little tweak, but you inherently are not broken. So it's like, look for what you want to see more of. Mm, So powerful. Mm. Tanya, honey, oh, I'm just so grateful to have
1: you on, my dear. Thank you for walking me through the exercise. We can kind of see your magic at like literally in real time. Um, Where would you love us to plug into you? Where's the best place to come and get more of you?
0: Well, I'm on Instagram, so you can always follow me there at Tanya Lee, but I would recommend that your audience check out the weekly newsletter that we send out. It's called The Edit. It is super fun because I touch on the three areas, style, surroundings, and mindset, and give you little tweaks that you can do every week to up-level those three areas and transform your self-image. So your audience can go to schoolofselfimage.com forward slash gift, and I will see you in my I'll be in your inbox on Wednesdays. That's right. Ooh, <laughs> good to know. Now we know when to look out for it as well. So I will have the link
1: in the show notes and definitely I'm a, I've already been following you on Insta. Incredible. Like if you just want more micro wins from this incredible woman anyone listening today to Tanya, go follow her on Insta like right now. Just leave just leave the show. Go go to Insta, get her and and start getting inspired.
0: Oh, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thank you mm-hmm. everyone. Thank you. One thing's for sure, I 100%
1: agree with Tanya, you are worthy of everything you want and so much more. Now, if you are feeling ready to show up for your desires and shift your self-image, I recommend checking out Tanya Lee and getting on her edit, which is a weekly elevation to enhance your self-image. Now, I'm going to have the link to the edit inside of the show notes, or you can just go to schoolofselfimage.com gift. And as always, thank you so much for listening in on the Essentially You podcast. This show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone in your life that needs to hear this episode today, and goodness knows I can think of a couple women in my life, take a moment, take a screenshot, shoot it on over via text or share it on Instagram. That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy. And if you do share it on Insta, definitely hashtag hormone CEO. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.